Okay, so we're ready. Yeah, we're ready. How do we start? Do we say hello? Just, just say the our names and start. Oh yeah, that! It's been so long, I forgot what we're doing. <laughs> right? I, I had to go back and listen to the first time. <laughs> we're so good at this. Happy one year anniversary to us. <laughs> Hi everyone, Anissa here once again. And this month we've got another extra long yak for you. This is part one of two. In this segment, we talk about some industry news, including departures, comebacks, and a certain streaming service, which leads us to a tangent about how Netflix is changing the K-drama landscape, our own origin story, and a certain K-pop boy band, which is non-Korean, that has been in the news recently, something different for us. We also talk about currently airing dramas we've sampled, such as Mr. Sunshine and 30 But 17. And now, here's the yap. Enjoy! Hi everyone, this is Saya. This is Nisa. And this is Forama. And it's been a really long time since we've last talked to each other somehow, weirdly. So. And, and we've completely forgotten how to do podcasts. So. <laughs> I think we've forgotten how to talk. Well, at least I um, have. <laughs> yes, the heat is melting our brains, and that's our story. <laughs> Basically, anyone who's been asking me, you know, how are you doing in the in the last month, I'm like, so normally, imagine I'm a nice raw egg. Right now, I'm a fried egg. <laughs> That's what my brain is like. So, you know, this is so weird. That I'm the one who lives in the tropics, and I'm drowning in in monsoon right now. It's raining every day, and like my street is so low, it floods occasionally. So oh, yeah, wow. you guys keep talking about the heat, and I'm like, it's windy and really <laughs> rainy. I'm soggy oh, wow. all the time. I have to say, when I'm talking about the heat to you guys, I feel really guilty because it's like both of you are in hotter climes than I am. And here I am just like completely unable to function, lying face down on the floor in the darkest corner I can find. And, you know, just struggling to survive. No, it's okay. I am am like lucky to have air conditioning in most places I go. So even though it's really hot, like I don't really have to feel it that much. Wait till global warming gets to you, Anissa. Uh, yeah, then the apocalypse will come and we'll be like scavenging in the ruins of civilization and we'll be burning and yeah. On that very positive note, <laughs> let's, take, let's take a look back over uh, what's been happening in the last month in, in K-Drama Land. Um, yeah. Not a lot has been happening. You know, July was so eventful. We're looking at our sort of itinerary for August that, uh, and it's it's like strangely bare. So, oh, uh, what happened literally the day after we recorded our last yak was the Kim Hyunjin casting news. Um, uh, ugh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Instant. <ugh. laughs> so, um, he's been cast in a drama, and it's a fantasy romance of all the kinds of dramas. That's a really quick comeback that nobody's happy about. Oh, so I don't know. Some people uh, don't yeah. change their minds. Yeah. yeah. The Twitter replies to this uh, announced, like, I think it was Soompi that announced it, and I looked at the Twitter replies, and so many people were like, oh my gosh, finally, Oppa! And I'm like, yeah. vomiting in my mouth. Like, what? Exactly. Maybe they don't read the news. No, they do. They just refuse to believe it. So many yeah. people, they knew, they, they just thought that he was being unfairly accused of things. And, and of course, the woman must be lying. That just, it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's it. a lot of, she's a gold digger, she's lying, she's trying to ruin her reputation, she's a bitter woman who's mad that he, I mean, there's a lot of 
Yeah, there was a lot of sympathy for the guy.
and like he wasn't able to get out of it so like how come you get to get out of it just because you're famous like not understanding it also you know drummed into drummed into us that uh people in privileged positions do take advantage of their position to not to sort of escape military like there have been so many dramas where there have been you know like those arcs where the the hero the the sort of a Yeah, irresponsible hero escapes military service by pretending that he's got some kind of a thing it that's an actual arc that's been used in dramas so yeah, it's and not- I mean to be yeah and, and to be fair like I'm sure the son like the sons of chables and stuff get out of it all the time with no repercussions I feel like, like celebrities it's a bit harder stars are not yeah. the ones that we need to be <laughs> yeah. going after for that you know yeah And also, it's always the mental—it's it, always the, the the mental disease diagnosis that gets the worst uh, kind of flack. Like you must be making it up. Is that even a thing? That's right. So, yeah, there's yeah. the additional stigma of that. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so come back soon, Jung and Suk. We'll wait for you. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, in a better project. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so. The next one is really weird, um, and it's that you come across the weirdest things. Like you're just randomly reading something, um, and this is kind of it's slightly old news. It's from last September, um, but apparently Ijungi was blacklisted among um, other people in the entertainment industry by the previous conservative government for apparent left leanings. Um, and that limited the work and opportunities that he's had for the last few years. So, and this, uh, the article I read is on the Inquisitor. Um, it is you can find the report in various other places, but it's a very strange. It's just really weird. Who knew? So I remember when this story came out last year. But is this like there's been new names added to the list that they just found out? Because at that time I don't remember them mentioning Ijunki. So I guess they've found out more because of the investigation that's ongoing. Most of the names are um, directors, writers, and some I think are theatre actors. The only few uh, actors, yeah. Yeah, the only drama actor that name that I recognise is is Ijunki's. So I remember. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, when they say left leaning um, uh, in in Korea, does that mean uh, left leaning as in communist left leaning or as in liberal left leaning? Well, it's I, kind of funny actually because you can't really tell because it's in inv- it's in like quote marks and also it's uh, one of the the Inquisitor article says that they think that some fans have speculated international fans have speculated that it uh, he one of the reasons might be because of his role in the movie May 18th which was about the uh, Gwangju democratization movement and he played one of the rebels. Uh, and another speculation, and I'm quoting from the article now, is that uh, Ijungi reacted to Im Young-bak's support of importing beef from the U.S. in 2008, uh, and it was reported yeah. that importing. I was like, well, this is just weird. <laughs> like, how do you get on this list? Nobody knows. Yeah, just, I, I mean, it yeah. seems. Yeah, I mean, it seems that from the politics that I've followed very sparsely in Korea, it seems that they're um, right and left, conservative and um, liberal is sort of what we also say when we say those things in terms of like that the conservative is more like uh very christian very i almost feel like there's a lot of similarities with american politics well there's also a lot of dissimilarities but like they're they're more about you know policing women's bodies um there's more of like a 
like a, more like a religious conservatism maybe um they're like the children of dictators and stuff like that like fucking hey she was a <laughs> An child of a former dictator yeah. yeah whereas the left i mean the other party that moon jae-in is from the current president it seems to be more interested in like promoting the rights of minorities and having more social welfare programs so like to me that seems to have a lot of similarities with what i think of as right and left but mm. right and left is also such a stupid way of thinking about <laughs> politics that i just fed up somebody with somebody frame that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, so i mean right now in this country people are losing it over right and left to the point that it's lost all meaning but um, but to get back to like the the mad cow disease thing, <laughs> um, I remember when this came out last year because I I really like I think you guys have not watched Scandal right but um, Kim Gyuri was probably my favorite performance in that other than Kim Dae Won actually they were all so good but with her I was like this woman has more acting talent in her pinky finger than many of the like actresses from her generation they get like these huge leading roles and like these really big expensive miniseries dramas and she's nowhere like she should have had such a, an amazing career like why don't i ever see her and then this this news came out like a year later and i was like oh okay oh right yeah she's on the blacklist as well she's on the blacklist yeah. and for her it w- the only reason they gave was because she spoke out against the ban on beef coming from america back in 2008 which is also like i agree <laughs> so weird mm. <laughs> So, on from weird news, on to... (laughs) Um, So, this is interesting, and I I didn't know this until um, until I read this article. So, um, it's from a financial magazine, I think, um, Barron's or something. Anyway, so, Korea as a country, so South Korea's Sovereign Wealth Fund... Um, they've bought $30 million, uh, $30 million of Netflix stock, uh, which is Ooh. interesting. Like, the country itself has bought this, so they're investing in Netflix. Um, yeah. And Netflix has uh, a slightly older news from about two uh, January t- uh, 2017, so it's quite old. Um They've focused their expansion in uh, Southeast Asia. East Asia? Southeast Asia? Which one is it? (laughs) Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia, because there have been a lot of new... um, I'll talk about it later in the uh, episode. But there have been a couple of new Netflix uh, Indian TV shows that have been really well received. And they've been doing it in quite a number of uh, South and Eastern Asian uh, countries with a lot of success. So I think they've kind of set up the southeastern uh, southeastern Asia base from Korea to sort of radiate out to to everywhere else. Um, it's it's a developing form of storytelling, but more and more producers and directors are getting on board, and it's working out really well for India at least. Interesting. I feel like it's working out for Korea as well because um, don't forget that they've lost a uh, pretty mu- a massive uh, income stream with the uh, escalating hostilities with China over the third mm-hmm. stuff so they have needed to look elsewhere and you know netflix is like a well the the goose that lays the golden egg for them right now i think because their money is coming from their international revenue is coming from i guess pretty much netflix right now i mean that's a big market to replace when you think of how much was coming in from oh, china you also have like um, other screening places right like vicky and rama fever yeah and, and there's all this uh, cocoa which has kind of been 
Uh, yeah, it's new, but it's also it's it's spreading like wildfire. They're they're yeah. taking up new media uh, all the time. It's Cocoa is uh, like um, uh, what is it called? A, a conglomeration. I'm, I'm probably getting the terminology wrong, but it's a partnership between the three um, public broadcast channels, and it's only right. available in the US. Um, Cocoa has also partnered with Vicky, um, so a lot of their content can be screened through mm. uh, streamed through Vicky, but it's not available anywhere except the US and uh, uh, North America. I think in general, Canada and the US, oh, okay. um, like you can't get any Cocoa content here. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people have been um, complaining about how Netflix isn't airing uh, dramas as soon as they um, are released. Like um, they have to wait. Like there's a week's lag or like a ten day lag between the airing date and when Netflix puts it out. Um, and and that's true. That was true, especially of of the of the season before this one. Just like three four months ago, whatever Netflix was releasing was um, uh, getting a lag. But right now. Um, I th- at least the two Chinese dramas, uh, the the Chinese dramas that I'm seeing, of a few of the Korean dramas that have been released on Netflix, they are pretty much on schedule. As soon as they um, air in Korea, they're being uh, released in my country at least. And I realize that uh, US actually has a staggered um, so, yeah. release date. Like I see it for, on Netflix uh, before uh, Anisa would, for instance. I realize I don't know what uh, it, it has to be. Uh, uh, what do you call that? That ownership thing, like where, where you, you own a drama. Yeah, licensing. Thanks. It has to be an overseas licensing thing because after all, they're competing with Drama Fever and Vicky, which also target no, the no, same. No, no, US. no, 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 no. Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry for just saying. Yeah, yeah, no, go on, go um, on. This is just I'm, ne- the, I'm asking. See, I yeah. have very strong feelings about this. What Netflix does is uh, yeah. they get exclusive rights to dramas. Um, if Netflix has it, no one else does. Um, and yeah. which, you know, from a business point of view, it makes sense. I mean, they've put a lot of money into it and everything. Um, but then what they do is they withhold that drama for like until it finishes. Um, and then they'll drop it like in, in one go. Most of the yeah. Year. So I have something to say as the one who lives in the U.S. <laughs> so with the, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, I, like that's cool. Like I remember when um, Pretty Nuna was airing and also. Oh, yeah. Um. Forest of Secrets, the which the they, they licensed at Stra- Stranger, like those two shows, and I don't know about any other ones, but especially those two, they were airing pretty much concurrently with the Korean airtime, or if there was a lag, there wasn't much of a lag, and like everywhere else, except I think the US and maybe Canada, and we had to wait until after the drama was complete, and then like you can binge watch it, which was kind of made me mad. Um, this yeah, time, but what about a drama like Korean Odyssey? Um, that they were just delaying that. They were delaying delaying the release of the episodes. Was that on Netflix? No, I still haven't seen yeah. that. I'm on pretty Netflix. sure that's on Vicky as well. Hold on, let me just check. Yeah, so they I was watching it. Though. And also, it like, can't be an exclusive thing. Yeah. Okay, but I um, the first time that I've seen a Korean drama actually airing as it airs on Netflix is with Mr. Sunshine. Yeah, that is that's literally the first one. Yeah. Where you have like next day subs. The first Chinese uh, drama that I've, I'm seeing Netflix do as it's being aired is uh, Meteor Garden, Meteor Garden uh, the 2018 adaptation. Um, it, it, they, are, they are subbing it and they're putting it up almost as soon as it airs in uh, China. So, uh, so I've yeah. been seeing that too, the Meteor Garden. But before this, the only uh, dramas that I'd seen um, airing simultaneously as they were airing on their actual TV channels were a couple of Japanese shows that you couldn't find anywhere else. Okay. 
so they, i think they're trying you know i mean i, I we, we are ragging on netflix a lot about how they are delaying it but i think they're trying to figure this shit out um they tried to do the whole thing about where they withhold the episodes and they drop them together and it really doesn't work for international east asian uh, drama watching crowd and i think they figured that out so they're trying their best to um but you know they don't need to figure it out there's a huge fandom out there that they can access really easily everyone you know it's very easy to find out what the temperature of the water is yeah but they're trying something new because we, you have to understand a lot of us do binge watch like i when i see something that i like but i know i don't have the uh, the time or the mental capacity to keep watching every week i will stop myself from watching it and wait till it finishes airing and then watch it together so there is a chunk of audience who likes doing it i i'm assuming because netflix usually does do the whole thing where they drop all the episodes together they thought maybe their way of doing things would be better but you see this and is, again i realize yeah, that this is part model. of my problem with netflix is that it that's doesn't respect model. yeah it is but it doesn't respect the k drama viewer um uh experience because there is The thing is K-dramas by Netflix are not like they are not aiming at existing K-drama watchers. They never were. They uh, are trying to market this to the average Netflix audience. So, yeah, they don't need to um understand how K-drama viewers watch K-dramas, um which is, you know, live or as close okay. to live as you can get. Uh and the whole exclusivity thing like you know at one point when we were watching i think pretty nuna and we were like you know uh, thank god at least there are subs but then you realize hold on the reason that no one else has this drama is because um uh, netflix has monopolized netflix, right? it yeah because yeah, they've got monopolies on dramas and then they hold them back so you're like you know you don't have options they've reduced our options and that's part of the reason that I have a problem with that and their sub qualities are the lowest quality i've ever seen among all of the the different providers no that that i do agree with like even when drama uh, drama fever and wiki do exactly the same thing they exclusively license the dramas they do have amazing subs like they, they are the go to subs we and especially they give it wiki. to you right away yeah if you want it for yeah, free if you want it for free you might have really to wait really good about that Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what I'm saying there are existing like uh so, th- there's an existing viewership out there that you can see how they work. And the thing with um you know drama fever or vicky or whatever is that if you do if you're not paying for it, you might have to wait a bit. But at the most uh well okay, at the most until the show ends. Um and sometimes it might be like on a one week or two week delay. But uh, but you can pay from uh, for a premium to to watch that, you know, immediately. But yeah. yeah, with Netflix you just don't have options and I hate as a viewer so, not having options. Yeah, and <clears throat> to your point about them not respecting the Korean drama viewership like the fan community, I was reading that article about their expansion into Korea and into Asia and like they were saying, "Oh, like the Korean dramas really travel well and um that's why they and they they understand how big of a fandom it has in like China and Southeast Asia and stuff." I don't think they really understand anything about the English speaking K-drama viewing audience because I think like a lot of the reporting even about it's weird like it's it's like they don't understand who the fans are over here and how they watch the dramas they just mm-hmm. figure well they're Americans so they're used to binge watching everything so if we just drop it all at once like we did Stranger Things like Americans love that that's what like it's a very not very nuanced way of like I clearly they haven't really done much research or maybe they are starting to do some more research or maybe they've had like people complaining 
which is maybe why they've started this dropping it once a week mm-hmm. as it airs with Mr. Sunshine. I don't know. And the other thing with Mr. Sunshine is because it was fully pre-pro- uh, pre-produced, they've had time to sort of work on the subtitles and things. Because um, the other thing I noticed in, in Netflix shows is that it looks like one person works on the subs. That does take time. Uh, maybe they need to do what all the other providers do is have group subbers. You know, everyone does something, it gets done really quickly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's and easy to have a whole, whole team when it's fans, and they you can know, afford it. Them. Yeah, but the thing is, Netflix can afford to pay a group of translators, so there's they like can. there's no excuse. Why are they Why are they doing it like they're a three man operation? I don't know. Yeah, apparently, my friend was telling me that you can get a job subbing like Korean subs, but she was like, you have to be a native Korean speaker for them to hire you. Yeah. So I don't know about that. That is. <laughs> Maybe if you're a native Korean speaker, your English might not be that good. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, like we talked about when we were watching Pretty Nuna, they they make a lot of mistakes in their subs. Yeah. It's it's been getting better actually because I've been what have we been watching? Uh, oh, Mr. Chan, uh, Mr. Sunshine. Um, the subs are a lot better than that. But then that's was that was a say, different yeah. translator as well. So I've been noting the names. It has better subtitles, so for I sure. Guess I didn't really have complaints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what really bothers me yeah, about the Netflix subtitles is the names. The way they put, they, they reverse the, the order of the name. It just, it makes my brain hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah which is why I don't think it's, it, I don't think it's a native um, subtitler doing that because they would be more clued in uh, into the cultural uh, context. They, they might. That it's might just be now. their chosen convention. They might have just said, right. like, change the names around. So Maybe, maybe that's just the rule yeah. that they've decided Because it's on. also it's something I don't know if you notice that Koreans do that when they meet Western people. When Koreans meet Sorry, Western people, they introduce themselves in, in that Western order. Um, yeah. So that might just be, you know, I, I get why they're doing it, but I wish they wouldn't. Like, if you've decided to spend 16 hours watching a show made in a different language with English subtitles, I think you can take the time to figure out that they reverse the name order, or just depending, a, a different sen- from what you're used to. Right, and put a sentence at the beginning of the thing he's saying, look, names are in this order, it's really easy, translators' names. Yeah, be, Vicky does them all fair, the time. We, we, our preference for um, getting the name order right, like wanting it to be what it is in Korea, is not necessarily what most of the international audience prefers. They're, they're used to having um, Koreans of their That's... own country um, put the uh, last name last. That's not the reason... Really that I prefer it though. The reason that I want it the right way around is because I'm hearing one thing and I'm reading another and it makes my brain kind of <clears throat> So like I have yeah, a... But then you, you realize you're, you're actually like a, a minority in the international viewership. Most people don't register. No, do you know what? It's not true. Really. Because um, do you remember, oh, oh, neither of you watched this, but when Black was airing, for example, um, so many people yeah, came on to, oh, oh did you oh okay yeah. <laughs> well a lot of people um were uh who were watching k-dramas for the first time then they actually appeared in various um you know fan forums uh and they would ask questions like look i can hear this and it but on the screen it says this and i know that's not what they're saying so it mm. that question was not asked once it was asked so many times like um uh song sing he would call uh Gawara, he called her gongtakchi the whole time, which like, you know, mm. what of gum. And they never translated that. They always had that written as like Haram, which was her name. 
And no, it I hate when people. they do that. When it they really just erase like people. um nicknames and stuff. I mean, oh, he was you guys remember that's such an important part of the jealousy. character's relationship. They were doing that during Jealousy Incarnate. The kid with that I forget what her name was, but they kept translating it to Red. I think Drama Fever oh, was doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Apalgam. And that was so annoying. It is. It's like, use Scarlet if you have to. <laughs> that discussion <laughs> over Palgang is why me and Saya became friends. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> how we became friends. I don't even remember Because there was a big discussion on um, <laughs> online about, like, should like is it okay to translate someone's name? And a bunch of us were like, no, that's her name. You don't need to translate it. Like, um, And then I think on the chat, I was like, my name is Arabic. And Saya was like, What's your name? <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> are you Arab? I was like, no. South Asian. And then I was like, oh my god, me too. Yeah, and then we bonded. <laughs> and then we were friends forever. Aww. Yes. That's our origin story. No, so we funny. owe a lot to Jealousy Incarnate. <laughs> and then she introduced me to you, so the rest yeah. is history. I don't actually remember exactly how Sai and I started talking. I know it was because of a book. It was I remember Seraphina. It. It, Yeah, it was Serafina, yeah. Amazon Reviews. That review is still there. Yeah, but why, why, why <laughs> were we talking? Why, why did we start? I, I, don't I actually think remember you said one. that Rachel Hartman, who, uh, who wrote uh, Serafina, she okay. had posted a link to my review on, the, on her blog. Um, and I, because I, I found that book really amazing, and I emailed her, and I was like, you know, your book is amazing. I wrote a review, uh, and it was one of her earliest reviews as well, like maybe one of her very earliest reviews. Oh. Um, so then you told me afterwards that you clicked on that, and then you left a comment uh, under my review, and then and then we uh, exchanged a few comment, a few. Um, comments and replies and then we took it off Amazon and then and that was it <laughs> yeah right. huh. such okay. a weird origin story that one <laughs> so basically fandom can be really horrible as we've seen but it also gives us our greatest friends so we still love it yeah yes. yeah well, we've moved so far away from uh, <laughs> yeah, do we have any more news stories <laughs> uh, no I think that's it <laughs> Although I did want to add one more thing uh, about the whole Netflix thing is that last month we looked forward to Life Right and I was so looking forward to I was so stoked I'm desperate to watch it and hello yeah. Netflix <laughs> there's no life oh, I don't know oh, when we're going to get it and I was like is it going to be on a week's delay either. it's not even on Did a week's it? delay so you know I don't know we're probably going to get it like I don't know after it finishes airing or something but it kills your excitement. You know, you get really, uh, you're full of anticipation yeah. for a drama. You you know, we, we follow the news. We uh, we know what's coming up in Dramaland. So you expect it to drop at a particular time. And you're like, well, the Raws are there. You can watch Raw versions. But there's only so much you can get out of a Raw, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm disappointed. Yeah, and especially with this writer. <laughs> I mean, it's the Forest of Secrets writer. You know that the dialogue is going to be, like, with five layers to every sentence like you can't you need good subs to be able to understand and enjoy and appreciate the nuances of the writing is life so. pre-produced or is it live shooting um i don't know but they've had planned for a few months so they must have at least started like early and done mm -hmm. half of it i, I can't imagine this 
this cast, I mean, this production team rushing anything. Mm. Oh, did you want to talk about uh, Kingdom? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) I did want to talk about Kingdom. So, Netflix again. It's because the Netflix news is so broad that, yeah. Yeah. Netflix have already ordered a second season of Kingdom, which, you know, the first season hasn't even released yet. So, (laughs) I think we can expect big things. I'm pretty excited. Um, And the whole production crew and everyone, they've all been signed back on. I think, is there going to be a different director? Uh, I'm not 100%. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, second season of that is also to to be expected. I think the director of the first one wasn't available to direct this one, but he's mm. going to be like in a supervisory role. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The writer Kim and he wanted him to be on the project, but he wasn't able to. Um, and I think also the article that you sent was saying that it's a variety article she, um, that she <clears throat> was approached first by Netflix because they tend to approach writers first before directors, interestingly, um, which is, I mean, I, I can agree with that yeah. decision. And she's amazing. I'm oh. like so excited for this, except I don't like zombies. It's going to be the <laughs> first the time I thing. subject like, myself uh. to zombies. <laughs> Um, oh, the other thing I found interesting in that Variety article as well, actually, was that, um, I mean, I've trash-talked Netflix a lot right now, but um, they, uh, what uh, Kim and Yee, the writer, has said about Netflix is that um, they that she's gotten basically complete freedom to write exactly what she wants, and... Um, that normally yeah. when you write uh you know when you're writing for a korean audience that there's a lot of sort of regulatory stuff and things you can't say and things you have to be careful of yeah the uh, director was yeah. saying sorry go ahead well, yeah you no know, you go ahead i'm done with that <laughs> yeah the director was saying like they didn't give them any notes except like you have to stay within this budget which um, they ended up exceeding the budget anyway <laughs> it was like we had to pay a penalty for that which i thought was really really funny like it was supposed to be eight episodes and it turned out to be six because they went over budget oh no <laughs> um which is not that surprising to me but um but he was saying yeah it was really different because nobody was like sending us notes the way we get them from the broadcasting of like what we had to do or anything. Um, and I remember when I was reviewing Okja and I was reading the, the interviews with like Bong Joon-ho and stuff, who's the director of Okja, he was saying the same thing that like, it was really nice to have that creative freedom that they basically just give you the money and are like, make your, make your art, you know? And like, that's something that, uh, you know, American. So they respect, they respect the creators. I guess we should be glad for that. They do, yeah. So Even I mean, if they don't I respect have the viewers. <laughs> yeah, I know I have mixed feelings about Netflix yeah. for all the reasons that we said, but that's one thing that they <clears throat> consistently have done is they give them the money and they're like, okay, make what you want to make, and they have been giving more work to people of color and women, and you know, and like there's stuff that's come out on Netflix that's like really bad, but there's also stuff that's come out on Netflix that I feel like never would have gotten made through the traditional studio system, so. You know, pros and cons. Definitely. Yeah. So basically, like you said, they are figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Give them time, guys. Right now, I'm super pro Netflix, even though they're like... I think it's because we're so impatient. We want our dramas right now. (laughs) Give it to us now. And it's also... Yeah. That they got into this region at all. Like, 
I mean, yeah, Amazon is doing it, um, and I'm talking specifically about India right now. Cause, hey, hold on, I'm 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 chewing my biscuit and it's like full full in my mouth. Give me a second. Don't chew. <laughs> There's no one to do Heimlich. <laughs> I have my dog. Okay. <laughs> He can well, that would run be a first. <laughs> no, I didn't realize that your dog was a super dog, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> he knows how to jump up and down my back. So, yeah. That's okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, so, uh, the, the, they entered um, Indian market and um, they've, they've been producing... Um, it's just that I'm so grateful that they are in these regions. And it's not just Indian market. It's also so many other countries. They're putting in money in, in stories that would never have otherwise been told because the countries themselves might not have had the money or the vision to produce those stories. And the writers there, the directors there might not have been able to tell those stories. And those stories have an international viewership. It's not like those those like sacred games you can watch from any part of the world. You, it, it's not something that you can solely watch from um, watch in India. And again, I'm not saying it's such an yeah. amazing drama. I mean, it's it's got good reviews and stuff, but and there, there are issues with it too. Um, but my point is that writers here are getting exposure. Writers in Korea are getting, as you said, freedom to tell the story that they want to tell without, you know, the conventions of the that region's broadcast system kind of pressuring them to stay in, in a single mold. So I am just super happy that they're here and I'm willing to give them a chance, man. Let, and like what, I think something that they... Sorry, did you want to? Uh, go just ahead one first. thing, like, um, and actually, from that perspective, uh, from from the Hallyu perspective, you know, where they, the Korean government, has uh, an actual intentional program to deliver Korean culture to an international stage, it makes mm. sense that they've made that, you know, that uh, monetary investment and that they've put a lot of money in there because, as you say, it reaches literally every corner of the earth where there is Netflix. Yeah, and and sort of related to that, what both of you were saying is like they kind of figured out early in the streaming uh, wars that if they, rather than paying all this money constantly to license other people's content, it's more, it's it's easier and better and more worth their money to just make their own stuff, mm -hmm. and then they just own it outright, and they can just have, and then they don't have to worry about like what country their licensing works for, and they could just air it internationally so they're kind of creating this international audience that's all kind of watching the same thing rather than like you know with the licensing everyone's kind of having a different experience on netflix mm -hmm. like i remember when i lived in canada there was almost nothing available on canadian netflix then and then i would come visit my parents i was like oh my gosh you have so much stuff that you can watch here i'm jealous so that's i mean that's smart and they figured it out pretty early so the other thing that I was going to say is the thing that I think one of the, I think part of the um, reservations on the part of K-drama fans is also that this was kind of our own thing and it was a special thing that not everybody knew about. And we have this kind of thing of like, where we want other people to be fans of this thing that we love, but we also feel really protective because it's special and it's, it's been very much like fan driven. Like I remember when drama fever came out too, it was this feeling of that, like they did take 
they took out a lot of the old sites out. Yeah. yeah. No, and they, and they and initially they said we'll pay you for them, and then they just like took them, and they didn't. I, I think there was some. I don't want to say anything, but like I do remember there being people who were a little bit upset about their business practices in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and I think they've kind of figured that out or whatever. But it's always that thing of like when you have this really fan driven effort because in the beginning it was all fans doing the subs and doing the you know all of that like there was no way to actually get it without fans Mm. like sitting there and just donating their time and creating these subs and then like these companies came in that were making money and now you have this gigantic (laughs) yeah and now you have netflix which is basically like the most gigantic streaming service in the world and it has billions of dollars and it's like this feeling of like well this was our own little thing and now you have this huge corporation that wants Mm. to make money off it so of course you're going to feel kind of a little weird about it you know I think that's part of it as well Mm. oh before we move on from news do you guys want to talk about this story I know it's not drama related but it's like this this group of white boys that formed a k-pop band did you guys hear about this no do you want to talk about this or is this like a can of arms that you don't want to open on here no, no, I want to know I, about it. I haven't even heard it. about I this. Heard yeah, about this. absolutely want to know about it. You haven't heard about it? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so a few days ago, there was an article on, um, I think, Vice. And it was like the world's first all-white or mostly white, like, Korean pop band. <clears throat> and, I, and I remember this group was actually, I remember hearing about it two years ago, and it was like this... Um, Korean-American student, like these three Korean-American female students um, at Columbia created this band as a, an experiment to see whether they could create a K-pop band without any Korean people in it. Um, and it, it was, K-pop I think it was their thesis Koreans? project. <laughs> so now, yeah, so now, like, it was initially a thesis project and she was, she said she was trying to figure out, like, what it means about masculinity and about race and all of that stuff. Um, but now they're actually like a legit band that has put out an album and they're like, they all moved to Korea. They've, they're all like learning Korean and oh, they, they, okay. they have performances and they have like, like a tiny little fandom, very tiny. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's weird. They live in a little, you know, like the K-pop, like, so, so like the, where they have like the little, this little like dorm that they all live together. And, um, there's four of them. Three of them are. Yeah, one of them looks like Nick Carter. I'm just looking at the or Nick Carter yeah. from his uh, heyday. <laughs> yeah, they're Not very um, Nick Backstreet Boys aesthetic, <laughs> the way they look. But um, three of them are white. One is half white, half Japanese, um, which I'm very curious about his feelings about all this. But but I was looking at pictures from before, and they had two black members who are yeah, now. Yeah, where have they gone? I'm seeing pictures. No mention well. of where they've gone. The, the the piece. It was actually like a video documentary that was you know, like ten minutes long or something. It was interesting, and but they didn't. But the interviewer doesn't ask like what happened to those members and how come you were only left with the white members, which yeah. I feel like that was an important question to ask. Um, and the other thing is like a lot of people are saying, oh, it's not um, like the person who was who actually kind of spearheaded this whole thing. Um, I think her name is Bora Kim. She was saying it's not about what race they are. It's that they're singing in Korean and they're following the convention. And she was saying that <clears throat> K-pop isn't something that came from Korea anyway. It's like, it, it's something that took all the American pop conventions and kind of melded them and they're singing in Korean, but it's just pop music. And like, I can agree Wait, with what? that. 
but no, no I, I don't i don't i don't see the argument that that's bullshit argument because pop culture i like how people that, says how it, how it is <laughs> ಪಂಜಾಬಿಂಗರ್ಸ್ಟ್ folk music with hip hop and um again it is appropriation in a way but it's also cultural melding that said um the uh, i don't think that uh, korean hip hop doesn't have a problem because they kind of do have a cultural appropriation yeah, thing yeah i they do um, i was going to where they are willing to use all of those elements of black identity uh, and like you know uh, absorb it and uh, display it and own it but treat black people like the actual owners of that culture oh yeah they they completely like they can be very racist. like that that's not okay honestly i mean I it's not okay the appropriation is never okay but you still can't throw out that entire industry's effort and still i'm not law, saying that you know? they haven't legitimately made a good uh, you know music that is their own and everything i just think that there's a difference between uh actually you know i'm preaching to the choir here i know both of you agree with uh, the the point that i'm about to make that there's a difference between um sort of uh uh paying like uh homage to another culture and uh just ripping it off like yeah, uh, and exchange is different to appropriation and i think <clears throat> part of what this group is doing regardless of whatever because the, the interviewer asked her don't you think that it's like don't you think about the fact that you've taken somebody who were part of the majority and put them into a situation where they've now become the minority and she was like yeah that's the whole point and then that was it like there was no other discussion on that. i was like what do you mean that was the whole point like and then they're taking advantage consciously or unconsciously of the fact that this this group presents as being four white guys who speak korean and they're definitely benefiting from the from the um the advantage that that gives them both internationally and in Korea like i and there was no <clears throat> discussion of the fact that they just kind of you know because like we i mean i have my issues with the way that the k-pop industry kind of um puts these young kids into these training um programs for, for years and then a lot of times they'll they just never debut and some of them to take them like six years to debut or seven years and they're just like they don't go to college they just like they t- you know like they waste so much time a lot like. of them never yeah well the slave contracts are have been outlawed but they're still not amazing contracts like they're not great even now and then a lot of them just don't debut and they quit and they leave and then they just like have nothing to show for all those years that they just basically gave some company because they had they were sold a dream that was not realistically possible and so like that system has a lot of issues with it but i can understand people who are like well you guys just kind of made this group and you took advantage of this like gimmick and this international popularity or whatever and you just kind of came in and now you're like able to go on all these tv shows and stuff where like people who are grow up grow up here and are trying to like go through the system and also there are um people who are actually korean who are not ethnically korean who try to 
break through into the K-pop industry and who face a lot of racism and stuff because they're not white. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, you know, like look at what, um, Yoon Mire has had to deal with throughout her career, you know, like she, and she's, she's Korean. She grew up like her dad was American, but like she didn't grow up around him. Her mom raised her and she's faced like so much racism throughout her career. She's half black and half Korean just for people who don't know. And she's married to, um, Tiger JK and they have a son and like even their son gets racist con- like it's just so so I mean to kind of pretend like none of that exists and you're just like no it's just like this cultural exchange and we're doing it like if it's an experiment like it should have just been an experiment and if they really want to be K-pop stars then they need to kind of go through the address this stuff yeah no and address these these problems with how they're presenting themselves instead of you know just being like we're because like when the guys are interviewed they're clearly sincere and they love K-pop but like you can't just go do whatever you want just yeah. because you're nice. Yeah, but you can love something that doesn't necessarily give you the right you, to go yeah, in and muscle your way in. Right, they're profiting yeah. from it, I think, which is the part where you start getting a bit kind of like, oh, what about everyone? It's like jumping the queue, basically. Yeah, I will I will link the, the, the article and the it's a video documentary. It's interesting. I think it's worth a watch and you guys can kind of, but that's, that's kind of the, the feelings that I came away with. Um, yeah. There, yeah, like there's no engagement with the anti-black racism that is kind of part of the K-pop industry in Korea and here. Wow, so. we've spent ages on news. <laughs> we did, oh, and you were like, well, "There's not much to talk about." <laughs> okay, should we move on to um, what we've been watching? Let's do that. So currently airing. Uh, so we start start with Mr. Sunshine since both of you have watched it. Are watching it? I have to say I've committed to watching it. You have. I watched the first two episodes because I wanted to be able to like give my thoughts. So how many episodes have you watched? I'm about three and a half episodes in. Um, okay. But you can start and then and then I'll see. Um, okay. I think I actually kind of like it. Surprisingly, I mean. Well, not that surprisingly, because the premise is so interesting. But then on the other hand, I was very doubtful about them being able to pull it off. Um, but I actually feel like they've kind of pulled it off. Like, I I mean, it's not perfect, but it's like it's like cinematic, like movie quality almost. Like, the, the action is really, like, they're able to kind of give that feeling of scale, which I was, I mean, clearly they spent so much money on it. you can see the money on the screen but like i was like really they're gonna how are they gonna be able to and I, I, more than even how much money that they're gonna spend on it i was doubtful how a writer who's grown up in korea and a writer like kim and suk which maybe she's has some extra people on her writing team that are helping her with this but like i was very doubtful that she'd be able to handle like the identity kind of issues of someone who left as a child and went to another country and then is coming back as an adult to, I don't know, as a representative of that other country's army. I don't know. Like, it, there's a lot of stuff there. But it was, I think so far, I'm I'm intrigued. And, like, I do. It's a very interesting experience to watch a movie with this kind Or, sorry, see, I keep calling it a movie. <laughs> to watch a drama with this kind of production value where the American army is, like, the imperial aggressor. Especially a historical one. 
it's a very interesting experience. I it's it's weird. It's kind of nice actually to see the opposite because I'm so used to watching war movies from like where like the script has been, you know, okayed by the military and it's it's very jingoistic and <laughs> we're the good guys. I quote unquote we, but like it's really interesting to see and I I, I appreciate that. I appreciate seeing it from that perspective because you just never get to see it. Um, I have I love- one question before you guys uh, keep talking about this because I haven't started watching it, but I'm very curious. Have they used any um, Western characters, like actors portraying any characters yet? Because that's always an interesting experience. In yeah, Asian. oh yeah, there's, they a, do. They, they there's a bunch of white ones. actors. <laughs> the yeah, ones that the you one see on all the dramas. <laughs> yeah, the one who has a ma- the most major role is a guy who plays the former friend slash villain in Descendants of the Sun. Like you know the guy who's with. Mm. The, the guy from the American army that's like friend like formerly friends with Song Joong-ki but he turns into the evil guy at the end um yeah so he's in there his acting is not great but I mean it's I actually whatever. don't find him terrible he's, he's not terrible so but he's not convincing either to me <laughs> but I mean he's not it's not a huge role it's just like his token white friend who loves him back home from America but I, I really liked the um I think for me, the most moving scene was when he's like a teenager in the U.S. And this is from the first episode, so like I'm, I don't think it's such a spoiler, but he's in he's found himself in the U.S. for for reasons, and he sees like he's faced a lot of like he's been getting beat up by like white people on the street, like by like gangs of boys that are just just because he's different. Um, and then he sees this row of I think it's just soldiers going off on their boat in their uniforms and there's like a bunch of white people and he sees a black soldier and he's like, Oh, and the guys, <clears throat> and then this like other kid who's trying to steal his money comes up. And he's like, what, what did you find something? He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't see anything on you. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I found it the way to become American. So that was very interesting to me that that was kind of why he joined the army. Like that's his motivation yeah, is I- to use it to kind of um, escape the racism that he's been facing that I found. Oh, but but that that is so historically accurate though. I mean, do you know that? Um, have you guys known about this? That it was weird. But back when um, uh, uh, East Asian people and South Asian people were coming into the country, um, you couldn't become a citizen unless you were Caucasian, right? Yeah. So they yeah. kept changing the definition of the word Caucasian. So at one point, South Asian people were actually defined as Caucasian just because they were trying to make them citizens. But before that citizen thing came about, most people went into the military or became part of the local constabulary, constabulary, I think. Yeah. And they, they they would become policemen even if they were not citizens. And that yeah. was one way of building trust in the community. That look, we we are law-abiding people. We are trying to keep the law. And so, yeah, that that's actually a, a really good way of becoming part of a country that you Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I'm impressed. Like, I wasn't expecting that level of uh, nuance from this. So I'm, I'm impressed. I, I have two more things to say. One is that I really love the heroine so far. I think she's amazing. Like, she's such a badass. She's so interesting. The actor, I think her name is, is it? Kim Terry. Kim Terry. Kim Terry. She's awesome. Like, I haven't seen her in anything else. Or if I have, I don't remember what I saw her in. But she's really, really good. I find her story so interesting. I really wish that somebody else was playing the main character, though. I, I'm not feeling Evie Young. Like, I mean, he's fine. But he just... 
Maybe it's just that he will always be creepy to me now. I don't, I'm not rooting for them together. Like, there's, I'm, I think that the drama is pushing a romance between them, although I've only watched two episodes, so maybe not. I think that they kind are. of skews me out because he's so much older than her, and you can actually see the age difference on screen, whereas that's not always the case with some of these big age gap romantic pairings. And the other thing is, like, this director is way too obsessed with these long, drawn-out moments where the two people are gazing at each other and nothing is happening. They're just staring at each other. And, like, there were a lot of those in Goblin. But I loved the actors so much more than I feel like I was... Like, I was feeling it, and the background music was so amazing. I was like, whatever, I'm going with it. But in this, <laughs> the music is not is not doing it for me in the same way, so... But anyway, that's that's what that's all my, my extremely long <laughs> rambling. <laughs> so I want to hear what you think. Um, well, f- the first thing that I kind of figured out uh, as I was watching is I can understand why he was why Lee Byung Hun was uh, Lee Byung Hun was uh, cast in that role because I think they did require quite a high level of English proficiency. Lee Byung, okay. Two words, Stephen Yeun. That's all I have. To I was say. just about to say, but there were definitely other people they could have chosen who had, right. you know, whose English was good. But the other thing I also thought was that perhaps um, the uh, because uh, it being a Netflix drama, because they it was going to go out sort of uh, on an international level. I think maybe they wanted a name that was going to be internationally recognizable. Um, and that, you know, but I mean, Stephen Yeun has a more recognizable name. Yeah, I, I'm trying to. Famous. I'm trying to understand this casting. He's a better actor. Here. <laughs> he's nicer. He's more good looking. Because and he just did like two projects in Korea, so like South Korean <laughs> people know him too. Like he's he's gotten really good at Korean. And Look, like, I'm trying to make movies. myself come to terms with this casting. Don't don't now make me imagine what could have been with an actual face. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> I'm so sorry to bother you, and I'm, like, newly in love with him. He's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, his character is really fascinating. Like you say, um, uh, the whole, the nuance of, of his experience, because what I thought, uh, you know, and it keeps coming out, is that it does raise these really interesting questions of, like, allegiance, identity, and belonging, and that's really quite complex. Uh, yeah. uh, and K-dramas don't often get to go there because they don't need to go there. Because, you know, everything is happening in Korea with Koreans. Um, so to have actually, you know, to have these two different groups, uh, you know, rubbing, sho- rubbing shoulders, exchanging shots, um, it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, Kim Terry, totally blown away by her. I've never seen her in anything before either. She's amazing. She's like... Yes. You know, usually I, I'm I'm perfectly content with mediocre actors, and I won't notice. You know, um, if if they're glaringly if they're glaringly bad, I'd notice. But if they're mediocre, I'd be like, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm I'm okay. But wow, she's amazing. She kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Pug Boyong in in sort of the the intensity and power of her her characterization it's like it doesn't take a lot for her to show you a lot she can do that in like very a, a short space of time she can show you a lot um yeah her eyes are very expressive and her voice her voice is amazing yeah uh, but like you say with the whole yeah it, the money is dripping off the screen but i feel like it's a little bit uh what how do you say like it's self-conscious like it's trying 
very hard to create the same magic that you had in, in Goblin and Descendants of the Sun. But where in those two shows it worked with the moment. In this show, it's, it feels much more manufactured. Like you're trying to create a moment that, uh, having the technical points of it is not enough if the sort of, um, if there isn't an emotional center in it, if there isn't, yeah. you know, if if the the chemistry itself doesn't, uh, I'm not describing this right, but but you no, know, I know what you like, mean. there's I this like music, there's the crescendo, there's these long drawn out shots, and you're like not feeling it. I can see what you're trying to do here, but I'm not feeling it, especially it's the directing, as honestly, <laughs> yeah. And as you get the director on. Is- Mm. The whole, uh, you know, the, this romance that, of co- you know, I, I wish so much they weren't doing. I could stomach it so much better if there was no romance in this show because it's really fascinating in every other aspect. It doesn't but need I kinda, romance, yeah, in I my do, opinion. I feel the bile rise a little bit when, you know, when they're trying to, like, there's this moment. It's that, you know, the iconic poster moment, the the hands. Um, the one that everyone's made hand lotion jokes about, <laughs> where, oh you know, God. he's... Oh, God, was so horny. It was okay for, it's... like, ten seconds, and then they just kept going on and yeah. on and on, and I was like, oh, my God. And my it's mom like, was like, know, when this... are they going to... Yeah. She was like, how long are they going to do this? How many <laughs> angles are they going to this from? I was watching with my mom and <laughs> And the entire time, you're like, no, it's not working. <laughs> Can we, oh. you know, move on? But then, like, you get those sort of... Um, uh, want to be, want to be a romantic moments coming later as well. I'm just like no. I'm watching it and going no, please don't. Like there's this one mo- uh, um, uh, one so, uh, what's her Ishin, um, Kim Tae's character. She hears oh, yes. of the word love, right? She doesn't know what it means. So of course mm-hmm. she she's, in English. Yeah. She it in English. Yeah, 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 that's right. Sorry. Um, so of course she asks, um, what's his name? I've got I can't remember his character's name. What's his character's name? Uh, Eugene. All oh, right, Eugene. Um, so she asks him, uh, you know, tell me what love is. Um, or tell me what is love. Um, will you do it with me? Um, she's like, please don't put those words into that like child. Okay, she's not a child, but don't, uh, don't. No, it's well, really uh, horrible. I was so like. Also, Ugh. in what world would you ask a man that you don't know and who is possibly your enemy, "Will you do this thing with me that I don't know what it is yet?" But because, I'm gonna ask because you're my comrade. And it's like, no, man, please. Because it's not the fact that the characters are saying it, it's the fact that, you know, the scriptwriter and the director and everyone there, they are putting these words and creating this moment. And everyone, it's, you know, outside of that scene itself, everyone knows what's happening. It's more yuck. Yeah. And, like, honestly, if they were going to go for, like, an older woman, I mean, an older man, younger woman, romance with like questionable moral underpinnings like i would much rather see her with like her teacher that teaches her yes! how to shoot guns. oh my god oh teach her when she was a baby and like brought her back to her family and like knew her parents and like the angst and that would be so good and they have chemistry and like the actor is so lovable and he's like a bear and he's like Do don't know- trust anyone don't even trust me like i love their dynamic i was like oh my gosh do you know who it's my so al- alternate casting was madong suk <laughs> For um for for Ebingham's character, it's like you know he his English is he's lived in like LA for years. His English is totally that fluent. would be so interesting. How, and good. how great I'm would that have been? On board with that. Yeah, yeah so that was my too pretty. <laughs> yeah, too exactly. young. 
So my fantasy casting was, you know, okay, if you really need someone who, uh, you know, has fluent English to, to take this role, um, and you want him to be older, fine, give me Madong Suk. Because, oh. you know, you can't get better than that. Come on, man. Uh, Madong Suk being, you know, Police Unit 38P. Um, what's his name? That's my name for everybody today. What's his name? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I didn't watch that, so I don't know his character name. But he is such a teddy bear, and he's so charming, and he's so he's the best. he has so much heart in everything. Like you just instantly connect with him. Yvonne is very cold, and like I guess that works for this character, and it would work fine if they weren't trying to have it a romantic work. relationship. Yeah, I mean but... it would work fine if it were any other actor, frankly. But I am watching it, so I guess that's that. Sorry to everyone who you know. Why am I sorry? I knew I was going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to continue. I'll have to I'll have to make the decision. There's enough there's enough else going on that I'm, you know, I'm I'm really interested in Ishin's story um and in uh Yoon Suk's uh, story as well. So I'm carrying on, I guess. Okay. I guess we'll hear an update next month then. Okay, do you guys want to talk about uh, Your House Helper next? Anissa, you're watching that. Sure, I'll just make it quick because I watched the first, I mean, two episodes, but they're half an hour episodes. I just wanted to kind of get an idea of what the setup is, and I really like, um, yeah, Hak Suk Jin, he who looks good in a suit and a shirt. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he's always in a role where he's like wearing, either wearing a shirt or wearing a, like a, a collared shirt or suit. But anyway, he's just this guy who had, clearly has some emotional baggage from his background and he's left home. We don't know anything about him, but, um, he's had some trauma and now he just goes around and like cleans people's homes, but he's extremely, um, he's like such a perfectionist that he doesn't clean people's homes unless they feel so precious about their home as if it's their child and he's like extremely obsessive about the way he cleans homes um so he picks his customers and the the heroine is played by bona who was in the girls best generation. hit and girls generation 1979 which i really like her like she's one of those idol actresses that at first i was like oh an idol actress but she's so good um and she's actually i was at first when i heard the synopsis i was like really like how is she gonna afford to hire this guy but it's different than that. Like, she's just struggling with money. I don't know how they're going to end up crossing paths. Because right now she's, like, refusing to hire him. And she's struggling at work because she's an intern and nobody respects her. And she's struggling because she has a lot of debts. And I guess, like, the house that she doesn't want to let go of because it was her family's house. But she really can't afford to keep it. So now she's looking for someone to rent a room. So... Yeah, so we'll see. Basically, they're both at kind of a low point in their lives. Um, it looks like one of those really heartwarming dramas about ordinary people in difficult circumstances where they kind of find healing. So mm, I can so go he, for that. Could he end up being her, uh, what do you call it, renter? Like, could he end up moving in or something? He could, because apparently he's left home for a reason that we don't know. And he lives, I think, in his boss's house right now. And the boss was like, Why, when is he going to go home? He needs to go now. It's been five years. So maybe that's what's going to okay. end up happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making a prediction. Yeah, I think that's what it's And so if it becomes a cohabitation drama, so much the better. Yeah. When do we ever say no to those? So yeah, so so far <laughs> I like the cast. It's a, it's a likable cast. The heroine is really relatable. Um, there's a lot of other 
side storylines, which I don't know, but I think it's going to be one of those where there's like a lot of stories and they kind of intertwine. And it's giving me a little bit of you who forgot poetry vibes. So except without the poetry, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's in that same vein, just regular people with, with their small, you know, it's not, it maybe it's not a huge earth shattering problem, but it is for them in that moment. So yeah, I like it. Cool. So, <laughs> 30 or 17. <laughs> oh, yes. We I'm so curious had, about this. Yeah. And we, had, we didn't much. have very good... Okay. Okay, <laughs> then. We didn't, have, we didn't have much expectation of this, but when the trailers came out, all of us went, huh, maybe we were, like, too quick to judge. <laughs> no, no, because this is from the writer of uh, High School King, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, based on that alone, I was like, I'm watching this. Um, and also Yang Sejong because I've really enjoyed the last couple of dramas that he did. So and for me, it's the actress. Oh, and Shin Hyeson, really... yeah, actually the yeah. pairing of them, yeah, yeah, she really is. So it was for for that pair and for the writer. I figured it was worth checking out, even if it wasn't worth staying for. But I'm so staying for it. I love it so much. It's so good. <laughs> That's all you're gonna get no. out of me. That's not true. I'm ready to carry on for the next ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so is the icky yeah. part that we were worried about like are they dealing with it well that's basically well, what I want to so know the basic premise is uh, well we know the basic premise is that um, Shin Hassan's character gets into a car accident uh, uh, not car accident sorry she has an accident uh, when she's 17 and she's in a coma for 13 years and she wakes up and she's 30 years old um, we don't really know yet what uh, Yang Sejong's character has been doing in that 13 years but um, he's a bit of a recluse and he's very weird like you <laughs> after you first meet him as this you know sort of yeti uh, unshaven um, hermit type <laughs> stamping through the mountains and <laughs> so you know there's that but then when he turns when he returns to civilization he's very strange so he's like taking out a tape measure he, like he's constantly taking out tape measure his tape measure and measuring things and you're just watching that for the half, uh, first half now going what are you doing what what are you doing and it like I said, it's very confusing um and then eventually you find out why he's doing that um but he like he doesn't uh he doesn't seem to register other humans in the same way that normal humans do um, oh, interesting. So, kind of, I guess, sort of in terms of emotional development and just general sort of human development, who knows where he's at, but he seems mm-hmm. to be stuck somewhere in his head most of the time. Um, but also, there, there's no, like, there's no push for romance um, right now. But also, there is, like, um, young, uh, young, young Sejong, what was his name? Uh, Gong Ujin. So, young Ujin. Um, he had a crush on young uh, uh, Sori, who is Shin Hyeson's character, um, but he uh, he doesn't know her name, and he she she's very absent-minded. So she was wearing her friend's jacket one day, and it had her friend's name on it. So he thought that that was her name, mm-hmm. um, and the accident that she was in, the uh, it was a really major accident, and. Uh, she that the friend turned out to be one of the fatalities and so he sees that name on the news and he's like you know he for the various circum the circumstances that led up to it he felt that it was his fault 
Um, so all of this time he's been blaming himself for her death, not knowing that she's actually alive and has been in a coma, because as far as he knows, she, she's someone else. So when they cross paths again, um, there's no reason for him to think that, she, you know, think anything. She's just this weird lady who who's turned up um, in his house, which used to be her house, um, back okay. when she was 17. Um, Interesting. So uh, there's just a lot of really weird characters which make it so fun. Like, so you've got Yejiwon, um, and she plays this. Uh, she plays his housekeeper, um, but she's she's so weird. She's hilarious and brilliant. Yejiwon is wonderful. She's amazing. She's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so and the reason. Oh, I'm, we... I'm totally sold. By the way, like I'm definitely gonna watch this. You don't have to say anything oh, okay. else. I'm really excited. But <laughs> but I have to tell you about my favorite character. My favorite character is his nephew. Yes. His, uh, the reason um, that he's had to come back, uh, I think, to Seoul is that his sister wants him to, needs him to look after uh, her son, so his nephew, while she goes away on some kind of medical uh, thingy. Uh, what is it called? You know, when they go and do medical work abroad? So, uh, oh, like Doctors Without Borders type? Something like that. Um, so, so his nephew is the most hilarious and adorable giant puppy you'll ever see ever. He's just, I can't tell you any more about him because it's too good for me to tell you in advance. So just watch him and tell me if he doesn't become your favorite character within three seconds. He's so great. Sounds good. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely, like, this was another one which I was like, uh, I don't have time to watch three premieres in one day because I was yesterday I was like let me watch something else before we talk but yeah like it's you know it starts off like the the backstory the the childhood part it's quite tragic like you know I was wiping my eyes a couple of times um I didn't expect that so it is really sad to start off with but then you know once she wakes up from her coma there's that whole because it's almost like being a time traveler isn't it or like a body mm-hmm. swap type of uh, so it has a lot of there's inherent comedy in it at the like sort of simultaneously uh, alongside the tragedy um so you're kind of laughing and crying like you know laughing on the outside crying on the inside um and though it's funny it you know it does kind of land emotionally as well so it's yeah, and watch she has it, the it. chops to pull something like that off. Absolutely. She's so good. Because she's, like, vulnerable at the same time as being completely, like, weird. Like, of, of course, you know, she's she's woken up in a 30-year-old woman's body. She doesn't even recognize her own face. But she brings that... That was the freakiest thing. It is. It really is. Like, there's this moment when... Um, because she's constantly surprised by her own face. And there's this moment when, uh, like, lift doors open... Um, and there's an old woman facing her doing exactly the same gesture that she was doing and then the doors slowly close and she's like oh my god I thought that was me (laughs) so it was it was yeah it was painful but funny but touching and everything it's it was really good I'm so I'm this isn't my new favorite show behind the other one which we'll talk about afterwards 
Okay, uh, you, you have you have two more on the currently airing list of uh, Korean dramas, uh, Life on Mars and Time. And Saya has been watching both of them while we have not. Oh, okay, so the, the new shows, Time is the other new show that also aired um, this week. So this is my other... So uh, 30 But 17 is my Monday, Tuesday, and Time is my Wednesday, Thursday. So I'm like, I'm cracked up for Monday to Thursday. And then it's Life on Mars on, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so Time is, uh, it's the new uh, drama from the writer of Secret, so Churchill. Um, and damn you and your addictive mellows, because <laughs> this had me like Is this the one, one that we said would sound horrible, except that it was by the writer of Secret? Yes. So that, that was the only reason that we might watch it? You know, check it out, both of you, check it out. It's, uh, I, I don't know if you guys caught the whole uh, scandal, and I'm doing uh, air quotes, um, of uh, uh, Kim Jong-un, was it Kim Jong-un? And the um, press conference where people were like, oh, why is he so rude? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so when you watch it, you get, you know, why he he behaved in a stiff way at the at the press conference. Yeah, his his uh, he had uh, explained that he was so in character that he couldn't break out of it during the yeah, press conference. Yeah, his character is so intense, you know, because so far I think we've only seen him doing quite cheerful and light lighthearted characters, um, but this character is really heavy, um, and he's quite he's got quite a lot of anger, like you know, pent up violence, and there's there's a lot going on in his character. It's really actually very fascinating. And to see him handle all of the layers of that for such a young actor is actually pretty impressive. Um, so, uh, gosh, what was the premise of this show? Um, he's diagnosed with a terminal condition. He's got a couple of months to live. Um, so everything kind of... Uh, he, everything changes for him in that moment because until then he's been this um, illeg- uh, illegitimate son, uh, or younger son of a chebol. So he's kind of, he's got everything, but uh, everything in terms of money and um, whatever he could want in, in material terms. But, you know, he's got an older brother who's constantly trying to take him down. Um, and uh, a stepmother, would you call her a stepmother? I guess. Um, who's, they're always belittling him and abusing him and mocking his ma- his dead mum and things like that. So that's what's like always setting uh, setting him off. So uh, he crosses paths with uh, Sohyun's character, and she's not bad either. She's pretty good. Um, who is what is she? Oh, she uh, works various part time jobs and things. So, but the most uh, of course she does. <laughs> yeah, and um, <laughs> uh, he has this encounter where he just treats people really badly, and he forces her, uh, well, he tells her to kneel and apologize. Um, and oh that God. becomes a big thing, um, but there's you can also see that he probably gets misunderstood quite a lot. Like he doesn't mean to be as bad as he ends up being. So I think this writer does have a, a little bit of a genius with creating these characters that are really horrible but redeemable. Um, mm. What happens is her sister uh, dies um, in quite. And that's the cold open. Her sister dies in his pool. Um, but then, like, nobody nobody knows how she died, and everything gets covered up. Even uh, even Kim Jong-un's character, he doesn't know how she died, so it's all a mystery to him as well. Um, but the really interesting character here is uh, Sohyun's 
boyfriend, who is basically the Besuwin character. Um, I was going to say, it's yeah. going to be another case of somebody <laughs> yeah. following somebody else and being like, you killed this person that was really important to me and I'm going to get revenge yeah. on you. Well, forever. the thing is, you, like, you're watching the first few episodes and you're like, I don't understand your game. Like, what are you trying to do? Because everything he's doing is hurting his girlfriend. Um, and then you, then I, at some point you're like, okay, so you're actually trying to take down uh, Kim Jong-hyun. Right, but it's it's really it's really interesting. I don't want to give too much of it away because I want you guys to watch it, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Um, not enjoy, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's twisty and dark and not that dark. Bring our hearts over it. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, um, Kim Jong Un's character's sort of journey to redemption begins pretty much immediately, um, which I guess a terminal diagnosis will do to you. It's yeah, I don't know. Have, I don't know if I have the emotional fortitude for something <laughs> like this right now, but then again, it's the secret writer, so maybe it might be worth it. It might be easier to sort of meet it out slowly, you know, week by week, rather than binging it. Or I'll just go into it with the uh, mantra of "love is pain." So yeah. Just be ready. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Okay. Oh, so next is life on Mars. Um, okay, yeah. Life on Mars. I have mixed feelings about this. One, because um, like it's got a lot of hype uh, among the uh, K-drama fandom in general, and some people are even saying this is better than Signal, which, you know, for me, if I hear that line, I'll be like, okay, I'm watching this right now. Um, it's like, it is good, but there's a lot of things I have a problem with which personally bother me things like police violence and um just yeah police violence <laughs> and that mm. is basically all of it um and it makes it a really hard watch for me but also because yeah. as i'm watching it i f i feel nostal uh, nostalgia for tunnel which i really loved um and I watch it, and I keep thinking, oh, I wish this was Tunnel. I wish this was Tunnel <laughs> the entire time. So it's probably a bit unfair of me on the drama. The drama itself is really good. It's very tightly plotted. Um, there's still two weeks to go. I think I started it too early. I should have waited another three weeks before I started it. Because I binged, like, you know, 12 episodes. Not binged, but, you know, watched over a week. Mm. 12 episodes. Um, not 12. 10. 9. 8. 8. <laughs> 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 so I guess I, I, st I picked it up halfway through the run um, so you've got um, a police officer played by a, a detective uh, no no actually he's a forensic um, forensic investigator or forensic scientist um, which confuses me a little bit because um, he seems to do all the sort of uh, field work that a normal sort of violent crimes division detective would do but he's actually a scientist who works in the lab why <laughs> does he have so many skills i don't think you know i don't think it works that way so it kind of bothers me all the time <laughs> it's, it's like it bothers me all the time um but yeah so he he's uh he gets like killed or something this is all part of the mystery no one knows what happens what happened to him so he's shot and run over by a car and then he wakes up and he's in 1988 in his own body um uh with his own name but there's like there's things to suggest that like, you don't quite know because he 
like is this happening in his head is it for real the tv talks uh, to him yeah. um you know he gets weird phone calls and there's this case that is linked to the case that he's investigating that he was investigating in his present um it's yeah i have a problem with the whole police thing <laughs> you know i sympathize with your reservations like i haven't started watching life on mars but i remember um when is it live or live oh was yeah airing? yeah um a lot of people were saying that it was I really good live i think it was live wasn't and it? i was it live, live? I don't okay do you know no, i don't I know because i never actually yeah i didn't see any of the um because it was live or anything uh, let me out okay but I just, like, it's very much the whole premise is, like, how tough it is to be a police officer and you do your best and you don't know. And I'm like, okay, I really love Lee Kong Su, but I don't know if I'm in the emotional place right now to watch a movie about how tough it is to be a police officer mm. and how we should feel for them right now. Especially so, if you think I know about it not... being the 80s where there was much less regulation and, you know, it was all part of a day's work to beat up your suspect. Um, and it's just the level of violence I'm not saying that any violence would be okay, but like it was like it was pretty brutal, and it does. Don't get, you think that it might be making a commentary it, about the thing how is, bad that was, or is have, it just kind of like this is just how it is, and you just deal with it? I, at first, I thought maybe they were making a comment on it, um, but then they had this part like last week where oh the uh, character uh, what's her name uh, is it Gosong? Yeah, so Kosung. So Gosung's character is really great because she's um the she's a female police officer. Um and in the beginning she basically she's treated as as the the team grunt, you know, she does their laundry, makes their tea. Mm. Um and then you have uh, Jung Kyung-ho who comes in and he like it it's not that he treats her better it's that he treats her like a police officer immediately without making a thing about it he just gets her to do jobs they work together so it's like she gives him uh, he gives her this um recognition as a colleague and fellow police officer and like she really blossoms under that not in the sense that he's made it happen but in the sense that her work she, she takes pride in her work because she gets actual work um, whereas she wasn't uh, getting that before, um, but she's a really great common sense character, and they, you know, they call her Miss Yoon. Uh, her character's name is Yoon Nayang, and she's quite soft-spoken, but she's very. Uh, she, I guess you could say she's the precursor to uh, uh, the modern profiler. She's got a psychology background, and she's she works stuff out, um, and she gets a lot further in her investigations using a kind of a more intellectual and legworky approach than the others and the others kind of just do it with you know violence because violence is always the answer um so <laughs> but she's also there's this one character who's played by uh Odehwan who's always uh basically low-level sexual harassment all the time um uh. it is uh and okay fine that's what the time was like and it's still like that now fine i get you um but it's just, it doesn't get called out enough. You can see it, but it's not often called out. And I get that she wouldn't have been in a situation to be able to call it out. But she defends him later um, when he's um, thought to be a suspect for something. She says, well, he's actually a good guy. Um, but all of the oh. stuff that he'd been doing was not acceptable. Like, you, you don't want them to say, you don't want them to say he's good 
after all of that, when the thing that he'd been doing actually was bad. Mm. I get wanting to uh, pro uh, protect you. Rather than saying, I don't like him, but I don't think he did this, mm. you're saying he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's a writing choice yeah. that they're clearly making. Yeah. So, like, I don't feel they're trying to call that out. So, mm. the problem remains. There's one more uh, show I sampled this week, which I actually do want to talk about, if that's okay. It's not on our list. Yeah, sure. So, You're clearly winning at this watching things. <laughs> do <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know why. I can only hang my head in shame. I do do no, other things. Awesome. I, I wish that I could also do that. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, I do work a full-time job. I don't know where the time to watch drama comes from. Oh, it's because I don't sleep. That's where it comes from. I was going to say, do you sleep, woman? <laughs> so I also uh, sampled uh, the new Yunxian drama, um, Your Honor, uh, also called Dear Judge. Um, you, uh, you guys remember we talked about Sirius a while back. So, again, similar yeah. type of premise. Identical twins. Uh, identical twin brothers. Uh, yeah, one actor playing both roles. Same pay. <laughs> you know, they always get asked about that on interviews and stuff. So, do you get paid double for playing two roles? And then the actors are always laughing like, nope. Same pay. Oh. <laughs> um, and so you've got uh, one brother who kind of who is the you know the studious, high achieving brother who becomes a judge, um, and uh, the other brother who gets into fights all the time. Who's um, also uh, the mum favors the older brother, so she's always kind of you know she, if she if the brothers are fighting, Hyung will get hit, hit like five times, and a younger brother will get hit like ten times. And it's like, why do you do that? You know, you watch these parents and you think you create, you created the delinquent that they become. Why couldn't you just treat them nicely? And it's also because it's, um, you know, the mum from Secretary Kim as well. So she's the twins' mum too, which is kind of mental shift that you Young have to make. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Oh, I that actress scares me. She was in two weeks, right? She has this tendency to get shrieky in, like, this really scary way. Yeah. She does it in almost every <laughs> role. Yeah, she's... I didn't like her. Um, but, so, uh, basically, something happens to the older brother, and he's kidnapped. And the younger brother... I can't remember any of the characters' right, names right now. Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. Um, it's okay. <laughs> so the younger brother lets him uh, somehow manages to let himself into his brother's house, and where he's chased by police. And then, like in a in a, like, a moment, he just he assumes his brother's identity, and that's that. And then he ends up being sort of being dragged around in in his brother's life. So he has to act like a, you know, he has to be a judge. Uh, he has no idea what's going on. He has a completely different personality, and he's just like, just you know, trying to just convince people that he's, you know, more that he's not a fake, 
And because they look exactly the same, nobody knows the difference. They just think he's being weird. So how's, how, how's he doing with the law part of it? So well, it's really funny because usually, you know, in the other dramas, like in Switch and stuff, you have they just uh, coincidentally have a, you know, they've passed the bar and stuff. He hasn't. Yeah. And he can't even read Hunter, so he's looking at all of the stuff his brother's written, and he's like, "I can't read. It. Oh my god, why is it all Hunter? Why is it all Chinese characters?" And yeah, and he, um, yeah, oh, um, Yi Yu Young is in, is the female lead in this, and I really like her. Um, you know, uh, from t- uh, tun- uh, Tunnel, the uh, little robot girl. Um, oh gosh, what's what was her name in Tunnel? I can't remember any uh, anybody's names. Um, but yeah, E.U. Young, uh, a completely different character here. And it's also really nasty that, uh, you know, why why do we have to keep seeing this? I mean, I know it's real, but I hate it. She's, uh, again, um, sexual harassment in the workplace and nasty superiors and all of the... Uh, and there's this one guy who touches her ear all the time and she tries to report it and the guy she reports it to is like you know nothing you know, so what's wrong with that that's a compliment if he asked you to sleep with him uh. and you're just like watching it and like throwing up in your mouth all the way through it's nasty anyway i hope but that- tell me something um, i find this interesting that they've been showing more and more of these incidental harassment subplots mm. in, in more and more dramas even though there aren't no like in most cases there are like no good results to complaining but most of these female characters do i mean like they from the perspective of the female characters this is harassment like previously when things like this used to happen it would be like the oh the good old boy type situation where even the women didn't take it very seriously but at least in these harassment situations they're showing the women being actually bothered and i think that's like a that's one step closer to progress, if you will, because perspective matters. So do you think, is that is that true for this one as well? I think that's a really valid point, actually. But I guess in the moment of watching it, what, uh, what you get most is, what I feel the most is really sort of disgust that the actress themselves have to, in their role that they have to experience this, because, you know, it looks exactly the same it feels exactly the same i'm sure even if you're surrounded by cameras and whatever it's still horrible i just you know do you remember when we were talking about pretty nuna and about how they kept replaying that clip Mm, and that every time they replayed it like it didn't it didn't get better you didn't feel less disgusting the next time every single time they played it it was horrible yeah, like that's a really valid point, Barma. And I also, I just now I'm to the point where I feel like it's I don't really want to see that unless they're going to address it properly in the story and it has a point and and that it's saying something, I guess. Otherwise, it's just gratuitously mm. putting it out there when there's also already so much about of it out there in life and like that in what to women experience. Movies, but there are there are so many women out. There there who don't see this as harassment but if the character on screen repeatedly tells them that this is harassment even though it's not being addressed by their superior that's that's good that's how opinions change because the culture around you that you're seeing on television it's telling you that this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong and repeatedly even though we are oversaturated by this stuff because we already know we read enough we are aware enough for us this might seem gratuitous but for a lot of uh, their audience this stuff is new they didn't realize that this was harassment 
So I'm actually pro. I am hoping. Yeah, I am hoping it will be addressed, mm, and it does look like it will be because there was this one point where uh, Yunshun's character notices it, and you know, the characters haven't officially met yet. But I feel like it will come back, and I I hope that they're being set up to be taken down. Um, mm. and also uh, there was one more thing I was going to say. I can't remember right now. Um, I was going to say something. What was it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually one of the dramas where I actually was pretty happy with how they addressed this, and this was actually all before Me Too and stuff. Did you guys watch Twenty again? Yes. Do you remember yeah, there was this so one um, professor, or I don't know if it was a professor or somebody. I think it was a professor, but it was basically like um, he was being really inappropriate with his like freshman students, like the the you know first year girls in his seminars or whatever, oh. and they would, like, take the students out drinking, and then he would, like, inappropriately touch this. And they were, like, so young. They were mm-hmm. only, like, 17 or 18 or, like, 20 in Korean age, and they were too afraid to report him because he was, like, really famous, and he had it. And then Choi Jae Woo is, like, an ajuma, and she's, like, <laughs> not here for this garbage. She basically, like, convinces them to expose him, and, like, there's one girl who has, like, a video clip, and she exposes him, and he actually ends up getting fired or resigning. Um, and I just really liked how they dealt with that whole situation because there was a lot of, like, some people didn't want to report it, and then the girls were like, we don't know if we feel comfortable. Like, it wasn't black and white, but they mm-hmm. still were able to do something and to show him to be the creep that he was and to show him getting his comeuppance, which I feel like is something we deserve to see. Yeah. <laughs> is to get these creeps, yeah. see these creeps actually getting their comeuppance, you know? I just, I feel, I still feel so burned by Pretty Nuna that it's, you know... Yeah. That's true too. Yeah. I want to scrub that drama off my yeah. brain, and I never thought. Oh yeah. That that's where. Now I remembered what I wanted to say. You gonna laugh? So Ian, whenever he touches her, she has to go and like scrub herself off. Like when he t- he comes into the the women's bathroom, right? Um, and she and she thinks. Like she's like, oh no, I didn't realize this was uh, the men's bathroom. I thought it was the women's. And she's like, it is the women's bathroom. And then he goes, do you see me as a man? Um, oh, it was disgusting. And uh, like, oh. like he t- he holds her ear and he slides his finger down it. Like it's just, it's really, uh, it's just. But I, you know I've the fact that they. That yeah, it's the fact they're showing her being so grossed out and, like, yeah. having to, like, wash off afterwards. Yeah. It's very different than, like, that drama, which we're not going to mention anymore, where the person's <laughs> just like, oh, well, this is just yeah. happening to me. I'm going to smile and put up with it yeah. because that's just how life is. And, you know, it's different. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, like, what you're saying, Parama, about maybe it'll change some minds. I hope so. I hope so. Hopefully you enjoyed that extra long news segment. It took on a life of its own. This is the end of part one of this yak. Stay tuned for part two, dropping shortly, in which we'll talk about more stuff we've watched, including our final thoughts on a drama that we were very excited about last month, um, as well as August K-drama premieres. Thanks for listening, and see you on the other side. <laughs>